Hello and welcome to another episode of Mistakes Were Made. This episode is a rather... Do I need to say my name? I have to say my name, then we just say all our names. Ah. Hello and welcome to another episode of Mistakes Were Made. The last one, in fact, in our current series. And this one is a special episode in that we have no special guests. However, I am joined by my two co-hosts, Frank Talbot and Chris Stoley. Hi, Frank. Hi, Chris. <laughs> hi, Alex. Hi, Alex. Good, 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 slick. good, Chris. Really good, slick good, intro. Saying hi. This, I think it was a slick intro, Frank, and Chris was on board with it. And you know what? I'm beginning to lean towards Chris as my preferred co-host. So just... Oh, I don't want to come between. Option, really. something, to think about for, something to think about for season three, Frank. Yeah, pressure's on. Um, but look, yeah, we, in all seriousness, uh, we've decided to wrap up the season. It's, uh, I think this is going out in December, so technically a Christmas special. Uh, and what we're going to do today is review uh, not so much the mistakes that we've made over the last few months. I don't think we have time for that. Uh, but instead, we're going to think about the lessons that we've learned from the interviews that, that we conducted with, with, with our various guests, uh, to whom we're all very grateful to have joined us. So yeah, look, guys, I think it was a great season. We had a really nice mix of guests. We had a lot of, uh, as I think we'll come on to, a lot of candor from them, which was great. Not something you always get a lot of in asset management. Let's be honest, quite a lot of egos, quite a lot of puff. Um, so that was nice. Um, and so I, th- you know, I, I thought we'd start off by just, you know, what were your favourites? What, who were the, who were the standout episodes, and what, and what did you take from them? And because you were, frankly, oh. I was going to say because you're more enthusiastic, I'll start with you, Chris. But but Frank, no, you've you've, you've raised your hand. Yeah, for the audience' sake, I did raise my hand. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? The, the way this season started, we had Rob on, not on, um, who's obviously been very much a value bull for a long time, and that hasn't panned out in his favour. Uh, I think for me, what I've picked up on most over the episode is possibly because of the guests we've had, you know, including Meb Faber and more recently Jeremy Grantham, is the need to be diversified the risks that are out there i mean jeremy grantham talked about like the seductiveness of a stock market buckle bubble and everywhere you look there, there are there are potential bubbles afoot i mean you only need to look at the s&p 500 over the since the the, you know, the bottom after the credit crisis up like 760 percent. i mean it's insane that's eight and a half times your money um and so you're thinking okay and when when a, when an investor of jeremy's caliber Albeit, again, he's been on the wrong side of that trade for a while, and he's been calling that stock market bubble. Is that um, you know that some of the valuations are astonishing? Like the money that Americans, in particular, have made in their four hundred one ks. It's like uh, we could dream of that. Over not here, all Americans. Okay. Not everyone in America. I can tell you that. Because <laughs> this is a bit of a tangent, but surely you're going in- even even if you even if you picked an average asset manager, an average active manager, you probably still clocked up five hundred percent in that time. Trust me, every other country in the world is looking with serious envy at those numbers. Oh yeah, I mean just on asset managers in the US, but a number of large or mid-sized now active uh, asset managers who have been not taking any new money in for years, but but the assets just go up and up and up because as long as you're you know. A, lot, a large portion of your money's in the in the U.S. markets, and most of your funds are there. Then, then you, yeah, you've had a great time, despite uh, yeah, you're laughing. Not, not you're laughing, and I think, and it's amazing how people are still plowing into new, more, more more risky parts of the investment world slash outside the investment world, Bitcoin. And it, it's it's been a it's been a very a very bizarre time in investment markets. Chris, what were your either favorite episodes or sort of standout lessons that that, that you've taken from from the season? 
Well, it ties quite a bit to what Frank was saying, and I think I can say this because I wasn't involved in the discussions, but some of my favourites were Jeremy Grantham, Meb Faber and Rob Arnott, and not just because of them being interesting, charismatic people, but because they were very candid about how much they'd actually lost. I know for some of them, they lost it early in their career. Jeremy was very open about how he lost a lot early. Meb, I remember that stuck with me, him eating mustard sandwiches for a while after messing up his first, was it a biotech bets that he had early in his career thinking he knew too much I think there were some really good lessons there about not believing the hype too much and not believing in your own abilities and they really had to learn lessons and I think that's what's really come through in those chats on emerging markets I think what we saw was interesting the two I mean as I was joking with you before my remit was to bring more of European flavor to this and I bought in a Brazilian and an American so I didn't really land with that one but Mark Mobius his Stories of how the emerging market is still full of scams. His words, not ours, was um, fascinating. And Raphael Cassin being called an idiot by someone for backing his home country. So these are really smart guys who are really making quite simple mistakes at times, it felt like. Yeah, on that sort of EM um, point, yeah, Bob Boyder as well, sort of you know, fun selector in the US, kind of you know, saying how he uh, fell, fell afoul of um, picking, picking managers, you know, Picking Chinese equity managers or China equity managers, I should say rather, um, because you know it was China small cap, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's so difficult, right? Because you know you just don't know uh, really that much about the governance and things. And, and yeah, really smart people who obviously are aware of all these risks, but still, it's just very, very hard to do. And yeah, to Frank's point, if that's going to be a bigger part of portfolios going forwards, and you know, if you if you follow Arnott and Grantham and things, they, they they think EM and EM value in particular is where. There is um, happy hunting to be had over the next over, over the next few years. It's it's fraught with risk though as well, obviously. Definitely fraught fraught with risk. Was it um, Sarah Ketero who said that you need to be in these places though? You yeah, can't, boots you on can't the ground, right? Not you can't, to be yeah. invested. It is it is a quandary that investors are, are facing. You know, I'm not saying it's going to be a one way bet, but long term, it's tough to see U.S. dominance continuing. I know I've laboured this point, but. Um, you hate the US. Yeah. That's what you're saying. You're all in on China. <laughs> yeah, cool, okay. just, you said all, just all Americans are rich, well but you hate others. them. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely, absolutely not at all. I think one thing that, that came across this season is, is, is how many of the investors came a cropper by dabbling with options early in their career and then don't touch them ever again. I think it's a common theme throughout both seasons. These are obviously very smart people, classically trained in investment, and 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 they and they you know they, they screwed it up basically when <laughs> fortunately they screwed it up young enough to make enough money back to be very successful. Uh, so I think the lesson there is you want to lose it all early. We, we, jo- we joked about this on the on the last episode, didn't we? Yeah, which is you know yeah a lot of people lose money early. That's when they make their mistake. They, they you know they, they get better as a result. And, and ideally, you know, we would like to track down a guest who uh, you know <laughs> who's messed it all up late in their career, but. Um, we actually had one lined up, but he uh, he pulled out at the last minute. So, um. well, even more frustratingly, he he joined the call but didn't have any audio, which doesn't really work for a podcast. So maybe we'll we'll get him again. But but for the moment, that's that's a bit of an oversight. Yeah, we could get mistakes via interpretive dance, perhaps. Uh, you know, which in itself. Well, let's be. turn the question around, Alex. Who's your favourite, and why was it Med Favor? Why was it Med Favor? Well, Med Favor was definitely well, he was definitely the coolest guest we've ever had. I mean, you know, maybe that's not the toughest field <laughs> in the world but you know he um 
yeah, very, you know, very, very Californian uh, sort of vibes, right, Frank? De- de- definitely, definitely the most. Yeah, he, he most, oozed that California cool. chilled out guest. Um, look, I enjoyed that. I, um, yeah, look, I mean, I enjoyed this. T- well, one of them wasn't my guest. Was uh, yeah, Mark Mobius, which uh, you guys interviewed and and Bob. I, I really sort of liked what they were saying about emerging markets and. Uh, how, how you can become a cropper there. And I, I suppose it, it scares one a little bit because you sort of think, well, hang on, if these guys can't find the right manager or a guy that's been investing in emerging markets for, I don't know how old Mark maybe is, what, like 100, 105? Like, um, he's been investing there for 50 years. Like, you know, I don't know. Um, <laughs> do we keep that in? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but like, I think we do. Well, can I say, because on that, he said that he made his mistake in the 1980s and he was in his 50s in the 1980s. I mean, that's on Wikipedia. <laughs> so I think I did speak to him. I've got his age yeah. slightly wrong. And um, But that that sort of counters the point that I was saying earlier, that a lot of people made these mistakes early in their career. He only really got into emerging markets in his 50s. This was a different situation when the emerging markets were young. He was older. But he still didn't know how to play them. Yeah, although I mean, but he's saying there's still scams there now, you know. And I think obviously we saw that this year—not scams, but um, you know, just just how um, fraught it can be. You know, sort of everything we saw in China this year with with sort of just the government clampdown, which to you know to some people would have come from nowhere. To like, perhaps to more seasoned watchers would have said, you know, this this was always one of the big risks. But you know, that you just don't know the, the governance. You don't know sort of what, what could change. Uh, you know, be it. These Chinese mega caps and, and be a much smaller things. Um, so, some something that obviously we're going to have to think about more and get get, get our heads around in the future. I, I really like the the Bob Boyder interview as well because I think a couple of points that he articulated really well is the the need to get ahead of the trend. Um, you know, it, to to take risks, to make mistakes is actually part of investment, and I think that's something that people do, you know forget about. They just want to have pick the twenty baggers, like uh, Meb was saying. Uh, you know, to 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 take to, to take chances, and I think that's an important lesson that we can all learn. Also, he did come up with the best tip. Oh yeah, asking when you interview a portfolio manager or you talk to a portfolio manager, ask them who else in their their shop that they invest with. I have actually asked a few <laughs> this question, and they haven't been very forthcoming uh, with their responses, which makes me think they're not investing with any of them. So I, I've stayed away. Either that, or they want to <laughs> they want to they want to protect it. Just just very quickly on that point. Um, uh, you go to make mistakes. I, yeah, I, th- I think Sarah Kessler said something to, to that effect. You know, like if you're, if you're not making mistakes, you're not doing it right. Or like, you know, I think, you know, you don't learn anything in a bull market. What I was going to say is on that point, Simon Hallett, who we had on, who I managed to turn the whole conversation around to football when I should have kept it on investing. For the US he, listeners, he really, soccer, just, you know. Soccer, sorry. Yeah, the soccer disclaimer has to come out. Just the side point here, because my son obviously is, you know, an American child i guess and he refers to uh what i would call a football it's also a great shame to me uh he refers to it as a soccer ball so you know it's, um, in that sort of quasi espn commentary voice he doesn't have that voice no it's it's much more childish actually it's much more like <laughs> much more like the voice of a two-year-old he has um but he does say soccer ball anyway sorry chris no no i was gonna say so with that point that you said about med faber and, and asking who they're allocated with simon hallett the standout for that was skin in the game he's massive yeah advocate of not doing that and and it also leading to misaligned um incentives yeah. yeah yeah and bob it was actually bob who pushed back on that and sort of like no i i think it is quite important i mean i think really what that kind of comes down to in both cases is structure you know sort of how they you know is simon's point obviously i, I think there's obviously merit to it. it's obviously a very well thought out one but, but but at the same time 
it is there is still some sort of skill in the game, isn't there? Because they've got stock in in the company and stuff. So it's I suppose it's just another way of structuring the same thing. Um, but yeah, that, that was interesting. Um, and on Bob's point, yeah, asking the managers, I, th- I think that's fascinating, isn't it? I wonder. I'm going to try and ask more managers that. Uh, but yeah, Frank, I think as you mentioned, if they if they if they're evasive, it either means there's someone really good and they don't want to tell you about them, or they don't rate anyone else <laughs> at their firm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They just worrying. want they just want the assets for assets for themselves. I think the skin in the game thing. I wasn't there for that one. Is interesting because it is challenging conventional wisdom. I always remember at, at events we used to host back in the UK, you know, ten ten years ago. It was one of the questions that the the host was interviewing the portfolio manager in front of an audience of people and he would always ask how much how much of your own money do you have in the fund and it was the point at which the room became most interested you could tell like it was it was a point and when they and when they were you know evasive about the question it was detrimental to to how well they scored genuinely so a lot of people think it is important um uh, Bob is one of those people and uh, Simon isn't. Yeah, I, I actually wrote a little piece about this afterwards. I think obviously some of it also depends on uh, what kind of fund they run. So, you know, if you're in, if you're running the kind of fund that should perhaps be a, a large part of your portfolio, so whatever, US equities of your US manager, core bonds, etc., then yeah, you probably should have a lot of your money in there. If you're running like a pretty niche or uh, <laughs> like if you're, I don't know, if you're running like, 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 a, like, like, like a high octane energy fund, it might be quite worrying if your manager has all their money in that. So I think I don't know. There's obviously nuance to it. Well, I was going to say. So what I was going to come on to, we could probably cut this. But if we had all nine always, of the guests, it's that we've always had, it's always great. It's a great way to put it. We could probably cut this part. You know, it's, it's like like we've probably cut media. this part. It, it, yeah, it's like prefacing a terrible joke. Who would win in a fight? No, I'm, I'm, if you had all nine of them, who would you put in charge of your pension for one day? I mean, one day investing isn't ideal, but if you could take any of the guests, who would you back to make you money in this environment? Can we answer the fight question first, and then if you want, um... I mean, <laughs> I'm back in Mobius. He's seen things. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with Meb, Meb to manage my money. Definitely, and in in a fight, Mobius, for sure. <laughs> throw those gloves down. Um. Okay. Well. I'm going to go with diversification then. I'm going to go with Sarah Ketterer because I think of all our managers, she she's running an international fund. She's she's in or maybe global. You know, she she can invest anywhere across the world. And I, and I think maybe maybe given given the tone of our discussion, uh, that that would be a good call uh, for, for for the next ten years. Looking ahead, who if you could have any dreams? Well, hang on, Chris. You, you didn't. You didn't. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You didn't answer the question. No, no, no. no. I, I've turned it around. I've no, decided I don't have no, to no, answer no, the questions no, anymore. No, 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 that's, no. That's not, you're not a guest. We don't have to be polite to you. You have to. You have to. You have to answer your own <laughs> question. I I would go with Grantham. I'm a big fan of. Well, I mean, not much the the doom side of things, but the climate related, environmental focus stuff. I think that's only going to get more important. I mean, he's, he is value orientated, and that's not always going to work. But yeah, I, I you think wouldn't... there's a lot lot that makes sense there. You, well. It's billions of investor money would disagree with you the last few years. Um, well, they, yeah, I mean, he, he touched on this, didn't he? Which is, you know, obviously being on the wrong side of it, you know, pe- people don't like that and, and you lose a lot of assets, which they have done over, over the last few years. But they've been through this, they've been through this, this um, uh, pattern before, you know, in, in previous bubbles. So, so yeah, may, maybe that's a good shout. Um, sorry, Chris, then you, you, you had another question. I did. Oh, sorry, I do feel like I've turned into the uh, the chair for no reason at all. I was going to say, if we series three, I imagine there will be a series three dream guest. Anybody stand out for you? Ben Bernanke, 
Janet Yellen, who who would be the heaviest hitter you could think of that you would want to actually hear what they have to say? Investment-wise or otherwise, just sort of... You're both, either. Franco, actually, hang on. Well, let's... Frank, I mean, you're, you're a great booker of guests here, so who have you got lined, I mean, who have you got lined up for this one? <laughs> confession time i booked i booked no guests for this for this season i left it to the journalists alex and chris the ones with contacts um who who would i have i mean uh christine lagarde maybe that'd be pretty good uh that would be a punch a punchy guest to have on but yeah Jan- janet yellen that would be very interesting any number of central bankers ask them you know how they how they're going to steer us out of this this plight that we're in yeah i think that would be interesting oh man i should have Recurring theme. Should have prepped more for this particular question. Um, who would we have? We've got some. Um, well, Frank. I mean, one one guest we're hoping to get is um, the writer and director Richard Curtis. Uh, partly because of his work um, campaigning to get sort of pension funds to, to to divest from from fossil fuels and things, and we're sort of interested in discussing uh, that whole topic because I I don't think it's necessarily that straightforward. Um, but also. Because uh, massive rom-com fans, right, Franco? Big, 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 big-time rom-com fan here in this household. I'm not. I'm not ashamed to admit. Just really quickly, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Curtis films in order. Is it? Do you go? Do you go? Do you have four weddings at the top? That then Notting Hill or? Yeah, four, four, four weddings then Notting Hill yeah. in that in that order. It's December. Um, Where's Love Actually? Uh, Where's Love Actually on this list? Ooh. I mean, Love Love actually gets the annual watch, like no other rom-com does. But I think we've probably strayed slightly off the topic. Uh, but yeah, Richard, Richard Curtis would be it would be great to have. I'd be pretty starstruck. I'd ask him how how funny Hugh Grant was back in forward in the funeral because it's hilarious. <laughs> Good, yeah, we definitely definitely got a topic. I mean, look, obviously there's some big managers around at the moment who'd be interesting to speak to. It'd be interesting to speak to Kathy Wood, wouldn't it? You know, she's had you know a stellar 2020 and a pretty miserable 2021. Um, be really interesting to hear from her. I mean, look, you know, business people, we'd never get him. So let's just preface this. I mean, we may not get any of these people. Musk, right. It'd be fascinating to talk to him. I mean, the guy's made some, you know, pretty sizable uh, mistakes, but, but, but some, 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 some ballsy calls along the way, and they seem to be panning out. But um, yeah, it'd be, you know, fascinating. And also, I know that he smoked drugs on a podcast before, so maybe he'd do that with us, and you know, that could be exciting too. Um, <laughs> what a thing to aspire to! And on that on that note, it might be nice to get Jack Maher in the house, you know, and see and see and see where he really got Is he a, disappeared. Would he be allowed? For two would he be allowed to? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't want. I don't want to dice for the Chinese government. Uh, I'd, I'd be scared. Uh, Chris, who would who would your dream guest be? Well, I've got two names here. I've got Nick Leeson, but I don't know what his mistake would be funny funny joke there because it would be bringing down Barron's Bank the other one that genuinely that I think would be interesting and this goes back to my childhood nostalgia would be Vince McMahon who runs the World Wrestling Entertainment or Federation because he is a billionaire he's invested that money um, but he is also um, a, an interesting and I'm going to use a British euphemism he's a character so I think he'd be an interesting guest yeah definitely um I'm trying to think of sort of- on the sports tangent. It might, it might be nice to get a, a professional sports person who, who's who's gambled it all away. You know, gambling is prolific among sports people, particularly on this side of the pond. Yeah, uh, it might be great to get no, absolutely. one of those to talk that- about. Also, just just what what the dressing rooms are like, and when they when they say, "Hey, you should should invest in this," it's really it's really hot. And then, oh, sure, here's a hundred k. Well, look, I mean, I think we we've learned a lot. Yep, you know, make your mistakes young. Maybe steer clear of options if you don't 
fully understand them all, even if you do sometimes. Um, be aware of scams, particularly in emerging markets where due diligence can be harder and, um, and stay diversified. Those are perhaps the, the, the key lessons that we're taking for the time being. Uh, but look, on this note, thanks, guys. Thanks, Frank and, and Chris, for, for, for joining me on this adventure through, through errors. Um, and or thanks most importantly to all our guests uh, who joined us for this. Probably didn't realize we were going to publicly rank you and analyze you at the end of the series, but <laughs> there you go. It's Bill Gross's fault for not showing up for this episode. Um, and um, I suppose one other thank you is to our to Alan Walsh, who's our, our silent um, but 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 quite aggressive uh, producer, who's, who's steered <laughs> us through all of this. Uh, and yet somehow let this episode go out as well. So um, thanks, Alan. And thank you to you, the listener, for, for sticking with us. We will be back for a season three uh, at some point, probably uh, in the first couple of months of 2022. So on that note, it's goodbye from me, Alex Steger. And it's goodbye from me, Frank Talbot. And it's goodbye from me, Chris Lurley. Mm-hmm.